Hey, good morning. So uh, great to have you here. I have no idea what the weather's like outside. This is what I see of the outside. I see the inside, so I don't know what it's like out there, but great to have you guys here. And, and uh, you know what? We're in the middle of a series called Completely His. Completely His. And uh, we're talking about being sold out, all in for Jesus Christ. Lord, take over in my life. What do you want done? And uh, not just the little things, not just most of the things, but all of the things, okay? And uh, so as we're talking about all in and completely his, we went through and we've defined it as four W's. So uh, worship, walk, work, and witness, right? Hopefully you've heard those things before. We've been saying them a lot, right? So worship, walk, work, and witness. So worship, uh, that means to know and adore him. Uh, to be all in, sold out to worshiping him means to be saying, Lord, I will ascribe you as worth more than anything else, no matter what the circumstance. Now that's worship. Uh, It's not because I'm being blessed, Lord. It's because you are who you are. Worship. And uh, then last week we talked about walk. And uh, walk. What a powerful passage. That God has granted us the power to change. He's already given it. And then our job is to cooperate with him and make every effort. Uh, that God might be able to be shown off in our lives as we're transformed. Uh, God's given the power. Our work cooperates. We don't earn it. We don't change it. We don't make it happen ourselves. God's power, us cooperating. All right, that's walk. We talked about that last week and jumping in with impact groups and great place for you to be with us here. And work today, that's what we're looking at is, what does it mean to serve Jesus Christ within these church walls that God might get the greater glory? You know, yesterday we had a peak performance going on and uh, it was cool to have, it was actually our largest peak we've ever had, close to 80 people here and um, probably closer to 90 by the time you get all the help added in and all that stuff. Uh, Just a great time of rallying together. So we actually rallied in this space because we had so many people and and, uh, just a great time to be walking through things. One of the pieces we walk through uh, in peak is work. And uh, so it was really cool to be able to share with them yesterday. And uh, so this is going to be a little bit like deja vu to me today. All right. And uh, but it's great. It's going to be a good deal to be walking through God's word on what it means to be serving him right here in the church, all in and all out for Jesus Christ. All right. So turn with me, if you will, to first Corinthians 12. And uh, let's get started on that. We got ushers coming forward. They've got Bibles in their hands. So if you need a Bible, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you. We are going to walk verse by verse through this. So just get a Bible to them as they raise their hands. All right. First Corinthians 12 verses one through 11. And a few things we need to be looking for, a few things we need to understand about God's plan. And uh, so first leadership, follow those who are led by the Holy Spirit. Leadership, follow those who are led by the Holy Spirit. If we're going to actually be serving him, we better understand his plan and we better be following the right people. Okay? And uh, so let's just get started. Verse 1. He says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. All right. This is the first few verses on the spiritual gifts and on serving in the church. And you're like, really? 
It doesn't sound like it at all. It sounds like a leadership talk. And uh, you know what it is? Because if we're going to learn how to serve first, we better know where God's moving, where God's leading, and what he wants me to do. All right? And so for leadership, uh, notice he starts out with the word now in in chapter 12. Always good to get context. He's like, and now, right? So before, right, here's what's going on. He's talking to the church at Corinth, and he's like, seriously? That's what you're going to do with the communion. Like, like your whole thing in communion is going to be you uh, hoarding the food, eating before everybody else gets there so that you can be satisfied in the gut. That's your view of communion. Come on, guys. Rally it together. Care for one another. Take time to celebrate together. Be, be careful in what you do. In respect. Come having worked out your sin and come prepared to love on one another and Right, he's talking about communion and with a bit of scold in the tone, and uh, he gets done with that. Can you imagine being in the church at Corinth as they're hearing the letter? Hey, letter from Paul just came. And they're opening it up and they're reading through, and they're like, and then the communion, and da 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 da, and you're like, oh brother, that was me. I was totally eating that bread last week, just shoving it in my face, and right. And he gets done with chapter eleven, and then he says, now, and you're like, oh, another one's coming, right? That's exactly what that word means. It means, okay, we've done one thing that was problematic. We've got a second thing coming that we've got to deal with here. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers. Uh-oh. Now you can imagine everybody's head is spinning, right? What did I do with spiritual gifts? Did I do anything wrong? I think I'm cool. I don't think this one's about me. Concerning spiritual gifts, brothers. Remember, he's talking to believers. That's what brothers means here. It's those who trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. So what are spiritual gifts? We're going to talk about it a lot more in this passage, but spiritual gifts are those supernatural abilities given by God for you to accomplish things for Him. Supernatural, like you wouldn't have them if God didn't give them. Gifts, all right? God lavishes it on you and you're able to do more with it because of what He's giving you. And it's not for you to do it for you to glorify yourself. It's for you to enable his glory to be lifted up all the more. All right. Spiritual gifts. It's spiritual enablement, if you will. It's an ability to work for him uh, within the church and arena that God might be shown off. Spiritual gifts, brothers. That's what I want to talk about. I do not want you to be uninformed. Uh, Another word in some of the translations. I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be clueless. I don't want you to think you know what you're talking about when you have no idea. All right. So let's make it clear now. Here we go. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray. When you were pagans. Now the word pagan there literally means when you did not trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. When you didn't get who Jesus was, dude, you guys were led away to idols, it says. You were led astray to mute idols. That's a powerful two words put together. Mute idols. All right. He's like, you were dragged away to uh, inanimate objects, idols, things that were replacing God Almighty. They were ridiculous replacements. In fact, they were mute. You went to them instead of God and they can't even talk to you. What are you doing? There is no hope in that. There is simply ritualistic behavior and action. God's so much bigger and you're missing out. And uh, you know, remember guys, When you didn't know Christ and you went to whatever it was and 
So, hey, in their society, in their time, uh, they went to things that were like structures and, and they worshiped structures that were built by man. And we're all like, well, that's kind of obvious. What a waste of time, right? It should be uh, boats or it should be uh, cars or homes or job titles or it should be uh, what other people think of me. Now, those are valuable idols, right? And so that's our society. Uh, we replace God with the things in our life too. And uh, for them, yeah, they had some ritualistic things that we may not identify with as directly. But let me tell you, what is it that takes away God being first in your life? That's an idol. That's what he's talking about. Anything that steals away first, don't let it happen. And Because uh, I'll tell you, they're mute. They have nothing to say about your life and no impact to make in your life. He's like, remember when you were led astray? Blah, 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 right? And however, you were led. Paul's like, I'm going to give you this. It wasn't just you being a ding-dong. There were ding-dongs ahead of you. You know what I mean? Like there was somebody ahead of you, and he was doing it wrong, and you were following. And so, so let me give you a little tip. And uh, so one of the tests given for knowing if somebody's from God is right here. One of the tests. There's others with throughout Scripture, but this is one. And he says, understand this. No one speaking in the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed. Uh, if he's from God, he's going to lift Jesus Christ up. And, and he's not going to say Jesus is accursed. Doesn't that seem really obvious? I mean, doesn't it seem like you shouldn't even have to put it in there? Like, and the first one goes without saying. You know what I mean? And, and, and yet it needed to be said. And how much more subtle it can be in our society, maybe, where they're not coming in and say, Jesus is accursed, but we say things like, Jesus isn't the only way. Like, there's other ways, and, and he's just one of. And yeah, he came to earth, and he paid the penalty for us, but he didn't have to. I mean, there's a lot of ways. And <clears throat> Another variation on Jesus is accursed. Or, or Jesus meant well, and he's a great teacher, but wasn't totally right, and wrong answer, right? And let's be careful. Anything that tears Jesus down from completely God and completely in charge of the universe, anything coming down off of that, we got a problem, all right? And uh, everybody just say, we got a problem. We better be watching for it because I'm telling you, if you hear anything where Jesus is coming down a notch, you need to be standing up and going, don't follow him. Right? That's what he's saying. Identify him well. Don't follow that guy. Be done with that. Move on this way. And that's what we need to be talking about. Uh, be very careful. So the first test is a negative test. It's make sure he's not saying anything to slam Jesus Christ. All right? Uh, number two, second part of the test, he says, um, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Uh, so make sure he's lifting up Jesus Christ as Lord of everything. And uh, now hear me on this. This isn't just some lip service. That's not what he's talking about. Like it can't even be uttered on their lips unless that's not what he means. What he means is right from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He's saying, hey, the heart is in a position of saying Jesus is Lord. And if you're seeing a guy say it and then stick to it. 
like living it out, follow that guy with all you've got. Okay? Hey, one of the monster problems we have in our churches today is that we say Jesus is Lord, but then we make everything about each other, right? And we care for each other and we love one another and it's all about us and we've built this awesome community, right? We've heard that C word and that's not a bad word. But it turns out when it's ahead of God Almighty, it's a horrible word, right? When it's the thing we're going for, man, we've got problems. All of a sudden, Jesus isn't Lord. Community is Lord, right? And watch out and and make sure you're watching for leadership and check us where we're at. And man, we better be putting Christ first in everything. We have no choice, but Jesus is Lord of all. And the churches that are on fire today... Say it. Oh, and they live it with all they've got. And man, you watch God bless into those places like crazy. Sometimes in depth, sometimes in breadth, but whatever it is, God's doing mighty work there. And it's exciting to see what's happening. Jesus is Lord. That's what needs to be said. And uh, God willing, that's our goal every week and every moment that we're here. I look around at our pastors and we are here to say one thing. Jesus is Lord. And man, when you don't see it in us, talk to us. It better be that way. The end. That's where we need to be, all right? Jesus is Lord. That's your test. It's a positive test. You need to be thinking that way. You need to be looking for it. Uh, You can't follow a leader uh, who's headed the wrong way. That's what we got to stay away from, all right? So uh, just real quickly... Uh, there was a guy jumped on a train and he was headed out to uh, see his family and uh, he was excited about uh, this trip. So he's thinking through all the stuff. It's kind of last minute prep, but he's getting out there to see his family and, and uh, the conductor comes up and goes, can I please have your ticket? Sure. Hands him the ticket and he's still thinking through and the conductor, um, sir, uh, gave me the wrong ticket. He's like, what? No, seriously, that's my ticket. And he goes, that's not where we're headed. This is the wrong ticket. And he goes, you got to be kidding me. I just bought it from the ticket agent and I told him where I wanted to go. And I, he gave me this ticket and told me to jump on this train. And he goes, well, we got a problem. And he goes, seriously, you're going to have to do me a favor and get my money back on that. We're going to have to exchange this somehow because that's all I've got. And the conductor's like, come with me. We got to get this ironed out. So brings him over, takes him up to his authority and says, here's the problem. This is the ticket. And I'm telling he wants it exchanged. He wants to head to this place. And uh, his authority goes, well, that's where we're headed. Who are you? He goes, what are you talking about? And he goes, I don't know you. You're not on staff here. He goes, yeah, I am. I'm the conductor. We're headed to St. Louis. He goes, that's not where we're headed. You're on the wrong train. It was that train. Watch out who you're listening to. It doesn't matter how much authority it looks like they have. (laughs) Guy's a conductor. You'd think he'd know which train to jump on. You know what I mean? And so make sure you jump on the right train. And the one that's being led and the one that is absolutely following after Jesus Christ as Lord. And make sure that God is glorified in your life and in the place where you're living in your church. And God willing, that's where we're headed. That's our goal with everything we've got. And Lord, please correct us when we're wrong. And and we're ready to make sure he's king. And that we're on his train. Not my train or, 
or Mike's train or right. It's not named after a guy. It's Jesus Christ, his church. And may he take charge here with all he's got. Let's follow after him with all we have. Leadership. Uh, and there's no way to serve him right if you're following the wrong guys. All right. So be careful on that. Question there. Are you willing to listen? Are you willing to listen to God's leadership and take a step with him? All right. Really answer it in your gut. Am I willing to listen? Like if I really know what God's asking me, am I willing to do what he's asking? All right. Hang on because those questions are going to stack up after the second and third point. Number two, unity. Uh, Celebrate the one God who gives many types of gifts. Celebrate the one God who gives many types of gifts. All right. Verse four. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. All right. So there are varieties of gifts. That means there are many and they are dispensed out. They are given out and they are meant to be rocking the church. It says there are varieties of gifts, same spirit. And so what it means is you go down a row within the uh, worship center right here. And each person is like, well, my gifting is kind of in this area. My passion's in this area. I feel like the Lord's tugging me in this area. And it's different and different and different and different. And But down the whole row, same Holy Spirit pouring in. Right? God builds in difference and variety. Uh, not to make confusion. All right. It's not because we're all supposed to somehow agree, but we don't. It's that we are to learn how to get along together in unity. And as God gives all those different gifts, he's got a point to it. And so same Lord. And what are you doing? And what do you want done, God? Help me understand that. All right. So it says there are varieties of now look at the parallelism. There's three different phrases here. There are varieties of gifts, varieties of service and varieties of activities. Okay. Three different words, a uh, little difference to the nuances, like gifts. Uh, it's coming from him. Uh, you don't do anything to earn it. You're a believer. He bestows it upon you and, and you just have it. Thank you. It's a gracious gift from the Holy spirit. I'm empowering you to do something you could never do without me. Get ready. Cause I'm looking for you to plug in with it. All right. So gifts, and, and then the second part of it, services, like, Lord, where do you want me to use it? Okay. It's all for him. He gave it. He's looking for it to be spent on his glory. Like watch as God pours into your life and look specifically where, where he might be calling you to be spending what he's poured into you, the gifts for an in purpose of service. And then the other one, activities, uh, because there are a ton of those in the church. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and so if I haven't covered it enough with the gifts and the service statement, then, then pretty much anything that goes on, like God working in and under and over and through it, activities. Make sure you understand that the Holy Spirit should be all over all of it. And it's the same spirit. And then, then he uses again a triad here. Uh, same spirit, same Lord, same God. Uh, so the Holy Spirit, just so you know, right here 
is compared to and is called equal to God. The Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. And uh, so for those of you who are wrestling with, man, I don't know, is there really a spot where it says Holy Spirit is God? Uh, Same Spirit, same Lord, same God. That's who it is. The Holy Spirit, the member of the Godhead. And so just hear this for a second. Uh, Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit has a ton to do with our life, right? He convicts and he, and he guides and he leads and he shapes and he trains. Uh, he comforts. The Holy Spirit has a massive role in our lives. And Jesus Christ was like, just wait until I step away. You wouldn't believe the comforter that's coming. And I'm sending him. That's the Holy Spirit. Uh, but know this, the Spirit is not some inanimate object. He's a member of the Godhead. He's a person. Uh, the pronoun we use with him is he, not it. Okay? He. The Spirit's moving in my life. He says, da, 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 da. Right? God's training me. He's showing me. Be very careful to use this pronoun where we reflect on he's alive and he's powerful and he's the person of God at work in my life and the Spirit. Sharing in you uh, some of him. That's really what it means that he's giving gifts and service and activities. Uh, a piece of him. So it says, God who empowers them all in everyone. Uh, that means every single gift everywhere comes from the Holy Spirit. Uh, if it didn't come from him, it's not a spiritual gift. Okay? And so every spiritual gift from the Holy Spirit and every single believer, right, in everyone. Every single believer has at least one gift, maybe more. So what's God doing in you and through you to rock you and allow you to be serving in this church for his glory? Look, I'm telling you, God has given you some specific gift. And he simply said this. Now I'm sending you to church with that ability. And it's time for you to use it to light up my name. And glorify me. What is it that God's calling you to be serving in? That's kind of going to be the theme for the rest of today, all right? So notice it says, For each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Each is given the manifestation of the Spirit, like a showing or displaying of the Spirit. We got a piece of Him in us. Each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Uh, that means for each of us to be able to be grown up, for each of us to benefit, there is good that happens within the body because God has given to you. Uh, wow. Uh, God wants to bless this body. And so sometimes he pours out just specifically on a person and blesses them. But I'm telling you, other times he pours it into the person to your left and then they pour it into you for the common good. God taking care of us as he takes care of each one of us individually, and then we take our skill sets that he's given us, and we start using those out into the body. Uh, what a great privilege we have to be able to care for one another, for the common good of the body. Uh, we need to not be all about ourselves. Uh, one of the greatest tragedies of today's church is that we've taught this kind of Western individualistic capitalism. And uh, good luck, try to survive in the church, man. And uh, may the strongest man win. And somehow we think that's godly. It's not, not at all. And uh, may we see the needs and rally to them. May we care for one another in every way possible. 
that God might get the greater glory, all right, for the common good. I just wrote these down coming out of Ephesians 4, a little bit broader understanding of the common good, a little more detail, let's put it that way. Ephesians 4, 12 and 13. Why? Why the gifts? And Paul records there to the church at Ephesus, he says, to equip the saints. That's like strengthening and teaching. To equip the saints. So part of our gifting is to equip uh, for the work of ministry uh, as we take care of one another. Uh, I love summarizing ministry this way. Uh, It's a biblical counseling battle cry. Uh, To inform, encourage, and admonish. All right? That's ministry. Informing, encouraging, and admonishing. Comes right out of 1 Thessalonians. That's what we do in every biblical counseling session. We're sitting down to figure out how much do they lack information? Uh, How much are they discouraged? Uh, How much are they absolutely in rebellion? And where do they need that assistance? In which area? And how do we pour it in there? And so there's a time where we inform and there's a time where we're done informing. Uh, So when somebody's in rebellion, you don't give them more information. You know what I'm saying? That's the time where you go, enough! And the admonishing starts a little bit. Come on, bro. It's time for us to step in line with what God's calling us to. You now know it, now do it. And how do you need me to help you do that? All right, the admonish. Uh, Or somebody's totally downtrodden. I just am not seeing it right now. Um, Have you ever uh, admonished somebody who feels hopeless? Uh, You ruin them. So it takes a lot of skill and understanding whether they need to be uh, informed or encouraged or admonished and being very careful to that as you move along, that they might be raised up to greater good, all right? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, he says at the end there, for the edifying of the body of Christ, for the building up of the body of Christ. Listen, Jesus Christ said, I will build my church. And by the way, I'm going to do that through y'all. I'm going to work in you. I'm going to pour into you. I'm going to watch you be transformed and take care of the people next to you. And the church is going to flourish as I pour in one-on-one and then one-on-many. And that's the plan. Are you ready to be a part of his plan and see God for the common good and to equip and to do the work of ministry and to build up his body through you? What does God have in store? And in the end there, he says to attain to unity. Unity. That's at the end of Ephesians 4 there. Uh, You know what happens if you do this right? Yeah, get along really well. Know what I'm saying? If you do it right, you're like, oh, that's what God's doing here. And and you're smiling and you're laughing and you're high-fiving each other and you're caring for each other and you care about God having it all together. All right? And you care about his plan to change this church. Man, my prayer for this church is that we experience unity, that we experience uh, a bond together for the common good as we rally in what God's called us to. And for some, you might be called to uh, work in uh, children's, and for some, the parking team, and for some, greeters and ushers, and for some, with video or tech or worship or, or some teaching elements or impact groups or whatever. There's so many options out there. Let's get you into the right spot that God might be using you uh, to glorify him, all right? So there's a singular message to come out of this section, and uh, I'm going to see if I can bring it to you visually now, all right? You've heard a lot of words, time to see it. So I got five people, I asked them to bring up some signs. Yes, they're sitting up front. 
There's always a danger to sitting up front. Come on, Joanne, you can lead the way. Why don't you come over here? And uh, go ahead and hold your signs out. So here's our message. Every believer has a role. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Every believer has a role, okay? And uh, you need to really appreciate this sign. Because this is hard to color. <laughs> my wife and I took a little bit of time doing this last night. I'm like, wow, well, it won't be any big deal. We'll just put this together. Oh, my goodness. It took forever to color. I now respect second graders a lot more. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. So every believer has a role. Uh, what does this say? Uh, Yeah, for the common good, God calls us together. Every believer has a role. That's the message. Say it one more time with me. Every believer has a role. Now, here's the deal. Sometimes you learn more by emphasizing one word at a time. So what we're going to do is we're going to raise Joanne up. By the way, this is Joanne. Everybody say hi to Joanne. There you go. All right, that was good. That was hypothetical, but I'm glad you did it. So every, all right, so we're going to say every as loud as we can and then read the rest of these kind of at a regular pace. So every believer has, all right, you ready? Here we go. Every believer has a role. First Corinthians 12, seven. All right, you always have to read the verse title. Did you know that? So let's do this one more time. Every believer has a role. First Corinthians 12, seven. All right, believer. You get to be the believer, man. Are you proud? Enough, yeah. All right, here we go. Every believer has a role. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. One more time. Every believer has a role. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Did you just hear the emphasis change? Like, man, they're saved. That's what we're talking about right now. Okay, so all and they're saved. All right, here we go. Next one up, Dave. Every believer has a role. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. One more time. Every believer has a role. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Uh, did you catch the emphasis? It's already yours. You've got it. Okay? And one more. Here we go. Thank you, Jamie. Here we go. Every believer has a role. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. One more time. Every believer has a role. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Did you catch the emphasis? You've got a job. And God's called you here. And the verse matters. So Ashley, you get to raise yours up. <laughs> We're not leaving you out. Here we go. Every believer has a role. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. We did not make it up. God's word. And he's got a message for us. Every believer has a role. All right. Thanks, you guys. Appreciate it. Let's give them an applause here. Yeah. All right. Appreciate you guys being bold enough to come up front. It's good to have you. Front row is a great row to sit in. So, uh, yeah, every believer has a role. If you trust in Christ as your Savior, you have a role. Uh, what is it? Well, what's God calling you to? Are you willing to serve? Hey, our first question was, are you willing to listen? That was our first question, right? following the leader. Uh, Next one, are you willing to jump in? Are you willing to jump in? It's time for us to go wherever God calls us and get involved, all right? Every believer has a role. Where's God calling you to be? It isn't about just enjoying the fun. It isn't about just uh, going day to day, doing it all for me. God's got a plan for you and he's poured into you. Where does God ask you to use it now? Every believer has a role. Okay?
Third, service. Uh, Find where God has gifted you and serve there with all you have. Find where God has gifted you and serve there with all you have. Now he gets into a list, all right? He says, For to one is given the spirit of utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, and to uh, according to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. All right. So there's a list. This isn't the only list of spiritual gifts. So if you want to write it on the side, other lists, Romans 12, uh, Ephesians 4. Uh, Those are two more places where there's some good lists. All right. And uh, they're not all the same. And so there's a little bit of variation. So what's God saying? Is, did he make a mistake? Uh, no. The word of God is inerrant. And so what's he doing? He's showing you that there are varieties of gifts as you bring together a list. And in fact, this may not be the whole list, even in these three, but it's certainly the minimum list, right? For sure you want to look at all these. And there might even be a little more variation to understand as God mixes with your personality some high calling into the church to do something. All right? So let's just walk through these. Um, There are some gifts given. What are they? Well, first is wisdom. Wisdom. Uh, This is applying the truth of God's word. And uh, so hang on. We're going to talk about it a little more. The second one is knowledge. Okay, so knowledge is understanding God's truth or God's word. So knowledge, understanding God's word. Like, oh, I get it. Right? It's, It's in your head, but you get it. That's knowledge. Wisdom. It's taking that in your head stuff and being able to put it into real action in the world. Wisdom. Okay? And notice here he says utterances of wisdom and utterances of knowledge. So the ability to share that stuff out. It's not like he pours into you so you can just have it privately kept. I feel so important. I'm so smart. It's not that at all. It's like you have a responsibility if you know some things to be sharing that somehow. Okay? And so utterances of knowledge, utterances of wisdom, uh, faith. This is an intense Ability to trust God despite the circumstances. This is more than just a believing faith. This is about, wow, things look dire, but my God's got it in hand. Uh, Faith. Uh, You'll know you've come in contact with some of these people because you're in tears and they're not. You know what I'm saying? Faith. These people see God's hand in everything. And have an absolute understanding of it. Notice how I'm using the phrase these people. Yeah, that one's not me. And uh, so it's okay to know your gifts. And uh, we all have a faith in God. And we all trust him. And we all grow in him. But I'm telling you, there's some people who leap out with God on anything and everything. I love seeing God's uh, logic in things. And uh, sometimes that can limit your faith. You just have to be real on where you're at. And what your limitations are as well. All right. Now we get into some sign gifts. So I just want to be real careful about these before we talk about them, all right? So turn over to 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verse 8. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8. It's not far away, one page away. And I just want to show you something. 
Notice what it says here. Now, chapter 13 is the love passage. He's like, hey, I'm glad I showed you all these uh, things about spiritual gifts. And now you're all going to fight with each other. So do me a favor. Love one another. That's 1 Corinthians 13. That's why it's there. We all hear it in the context of marriage. I thought it was a marriage passage. No, it's a, it's a spiritual gifts passage. Like in the midst of all your gifts, take care of each other because there's a lot of variation and it's going to cause fights. So be careful and love one another. Now listen to what he says. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. I'm sorry, I'm reading a verse four, but those are great words. <laughs> verse eight now. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. Now, if you notice, it says there's a time where these sign gifts are going to cease and even list some of them. There's a time where these gifts that go, wow, that man must be from God. Uh, There's a time where some of those will cease. And there are things like miracles and tongues and prophecy. and, And he's saying those will cease at some point. When? Well, when the perfect comes, it says, when the perfect comes. And so some have said, well, that's that's the word of God. Like it's perfect and it came. And so it must be that. And uh, I hear that. I understand what they're saying. And yes, we totally agree the word of God is perfect. My only challenge is, notice it says that then we will see face to face. Then we shall know fully. Uh, Now we are looking through a glass dimly. I got to tell you, I feel more like glass dimly than fully. Know what I'm saying? Like we're still learning about Jesus Christ. We're still grasping him. There's so many days where we don't get anything of who he is. And I believe what this passage is really talking to more of is the perfection of the millennial kingdom. Okay, it's not God's word. Absolutely perfect. Everybody say perfect. But not what's being talked about here is what I'm saying. I believe what's being talked about here is the millennial kingdom and Christ's return and him saying he's now in charge as king of kings and lord of lords and sin has been put in his place and Satan is locked up and Christ is ruling all and everything is perfect. And then we're like, I see perfectly. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what's going on here. And in fact, why would we say, uh, I have a word from the Lord and everybody's like, the Lord is here, man. The Lord is king and he's reigning over all. And I think that's what's going on. Okay. There's a point where some of these special words from God kind of thing aren't as needed. And it's when he's ruling over everything. Sin is set aside. So I think that's what's going on. So our statement here at Harvest would be, we don't believe the sign gifts have ceased. Okay. Uh, We don't believe that miracles and tongues and those things have ceased. However, hear me out now. Everybody looking up here. I need everybody listening. Okay. Hear me out. So what we also teach then is though, be careful because this is God's word. And when we hear from God, when we want to hear from God, opening up his word and seeing thus saith the Lord is a huge moment. Do you understand? And and so where God's word is prevalent, the sign gifts can reduce because their whole purpose was to simply say, that man's from God. Uh, You want to know how I'm from God? Is he preaching the word or not? And the moment he stepped away from the word, I'm worried. Get somewhere where he's preaching the word because it says that that's how you'll know that it's from the spirit. All right. 
You're tracking with the perfect word of God and thus saith the Lord, his word. And as this is prevalent in a society, the sign gets reduced to nothing. You don't need any proof that I'm from God. Listen to the word and compare it and be ready to go like the Bereans. All right. That's the big deal of it all. It's very simple. It's not that sign gifts are gone, but I'm telling you they should be much reduced in a society that has the word prevalent. Let God's word speak mightily and thoroughly. And so that's why you won't see uh, the sign gifts expressed here. Okay. That's what we're going through. We're letting God's word speak here. Um, not some replacement thereof. All right. So hopefully that answers it. Now let's get started into some of what these are. Gifts that we're not saying don't exist, but be careful where they're applied. You're going to see these just in a spot where God's got to wake them up to. He's in charge. Okay. So let's go back in now. We went through wisdom and knowledge and faith. Here we go. And to another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. Notice there, uh, the word gift is actually in the plural. Gifts. Are you seeing that? Gifts. Of healing. So there's multiple variety, uh, physical and emotional and spiritual. There's the ability to pour into somebody, all that stuff. Okay. Gifts of healing. And then he, he goes on. So that's like change the physical being made better or the emotional being made better. Now watch this to another, the working of miracles. What's the difference? Isn't healing a miracle? And uh, yeah. So miracle is more like, uh, overcoming the natural, like water into wine. Like Jesus turning water into wine, making a point about who has authority, okay? To another, prophecy. So this word literally means to speak forth, to proclaim forth, okay? And uh, over time, it kind of adapted this to proclaim forth future truth, all right? But it doesn't necessarily have to carry that meaning. And in fact, it simply means to proclaim forth uh, with confidence, all right. And so this is somebody who understands God's word and in our day now willing to share God's word with authority and proclaim it. That is a prophetic element. Uh, the ability to distinguish between spirits. First John 4, 1 tells us to test the spirits. I'm telling you, Satan's at work in this world as much as God is. And you and I all have a responsibility to be able to understand who's whispering in our ear. All right. And this guy has the extra sense of it. He like really gets it. All we need to do is hear the tone or something. And he's like, forget that. I'm telling you, that's not from God. All right. That's this, this piece here, distinguishing the spirits. And uh, to another, various kinds of tongues and to another interpretation. So tongues is the ability to speak in another language that you've never studied. But all of a sudden you're, you have prowess in it. You're just speaking like unbelievably well in it. And the guy next to you is like, I understand him. I can't believe this. And you communicate a little more, and as fast as it came on you, it also can leave you, and you're no longer able to actually even talk in it. It's not that you learn languages well. It's you didn't even spend time on it, and you're all of a sudden speaking it. Okay? That's the gift of tongues. Now, hear me on this. A lot of people change this into something very different, and they start talking about private prayer languages and all that. That is not this conversation. All right? This gift here is specifically about being able to get the word across boundaries of culture and language. And God using you, like you walk up and all of a sudden you're speaking. And somebody's like, how did you know how to speak that Middle Eastern dialect of Farsi? And you're like, I have no idea. And, and that fast it stops too. And everybody around accepts Christ and you go, wow, God worked. All right, that's the gift of tongues. 
That's what's being talked about here. And then the interpretation, uh, don't be spewing forth languages when somebody around you isn't going, I get what he's saying. That's what he's saying. Uh, just a real story here. I had a friend who was uh, actually a couple of people. They went into a, um, I'm trying to use a vague word here. So they went into a service of sorts. I'm not going to say anything more than that. And as things were going on, uh, somebody stood up and began to speak in a language. And nobody was there to interpret and they kept it going. And the guy that was sitting there next to his friend said, we got to get out of here. And he goes, okay, why? And he goes, get me out of here now. And so they walked out and he said, do you understand that he just said, Jesus is not God in a Middle Eastern dialect? Do you know that? He said, no. He said, well, somebody needs to be interpreting that boy. And that boy needs to be shut down now. And, and so they went back in after the service and had a little talk. But I'm telling you, do not allow anything of speaking without interpretation. The end. Very scriptural. All right? And so that's what God's got going on. Um, be careful. Uh, all of these are needed only where the word of God is not prevalent and you don't have a man of God standing up to speak his word saying, thus saith the Lord. If you can't have that, then God does some things to break down boundaries and blow you away. All right? The sign gifts. And notice he says here then, uh, all of these are empowered by the one and same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Uh, how do I get these gifts? Um, can I just ask him to exchange, please? I don't like the one I have. Can you take this one back and give me that one? And, and I'm telling you, God's more like, trust me. I've built you unbelievably solid. Your personality and your gifting match together. If there's something you don't like in it, there's some sort of pride eking in there. And you're looking for one gift that shows off another. All right? Be careful with that. Long to find what God's given you. So the simple question at the end, uh, real quickly, is how do I know which gift I have? All right? So let me just say this real fast. Uh, top four ways you can know which gift you have. Number one. Those of you at Peak will know these well. Number one, pray. Uh, it's not an Easter egg hunt. God did not give you a gift and go, Let's see if they can find it. You know what I mean? He gave you a gift and he wants you to use it. So pray, Lord, please reveal this. And where would you like me to be serving? And what would you like me doing? And number two, trial and error. I'm not sure, but I know I have a passion in these areas. I'm going to try it and let's see. Give it a good length of time, all right? It's not like I did it once and I didn't like it. It's not that. It's, you know, give it a few months. Give it four to six months and see what God's doing in you, all right? Trial and error. Uh, number three, confirmation. From other people. You have friends who are like, you are so gifted there. You know, and then when you're like, hey, I'm thinking about working with the two-year-olds. And they're like. Seriously? You. That's what I was thinking. Don't be thinking that, bro. You know what I mean? That's good help. Talk to some friends. Get some guidance. Uh, and then the last one is your passions. God does not create in you who you are and then gives gifts that counter it. So work through the things together. Allow the, all of that to come together and let God lead. You might be in a spot where you don't know much about you or much about the church. Then just jump in where there are needs and learn as you go. All right. So just real quickly, some needs we have at the church. If you wanted to jump in, I use need carefully because God's given us great help and I love what's going on. But if you wanted to jump in as we grow here, uh, children's, do you know, we have over 500 kids. So those of you who love kids, talk to Heather. All right. 
And so sign up on the register, uh, sign up online, uh, talk to Heather in the hallway, all right? Um, Fuse and Fuel. Kevin's working with uh, Fuse and Fuel. That's fifth through eighth grade, and the numbers have jumped there big, and it's great to see what God's doing. And if you love working with that age range, jump in there and go after it. Um, ushering. Things have gone really well, and they've made some adjustments in how we're managing all the new aisleways and everything. But if you've got a passion for ushering, feel free to talk to them. And, um, you know, bookstore stuff, prayer team is a great one. And uh, we've got Nick running the prayer team now. And uh, jump in with him. Again, all these you can just write down on a register. Talk to some of these guys. Uh, even care team, I know Kent's brought up. We're looking to try to start a care team. We don't even know what we're talking about when we say that yet. But if that's a thought you have as an interest, like, oh, I love being able to make some meals for people or whatever. Talk to Kent, all right? I don't know what I just did to you. <laughs> just being real. So uh, there you go. Hey, what's God calling you to do in the church? And make sure it's all about God getting the ultimate service. Him being shown off with all we have. All right? Him getting the glory. God getting the glory as you do as he's called you to do. We have a king. And he rules this earth. And he's almighty savior. And he's got a plan to work within each of us and use us in this place that God might get the greater glory. Are you ready to worship him with all you've got. That God might be shown off. Are you ready? Yes. It's time for God to be lifted up as we work all in for him. Let's pray.